For more information about Living Word St. Paul, head on over to lwcc.org slash St. Paul. Hey guys, I'm Jamie Hammond, and today I'm here to talk to you about the difference between the truth of God's world and the truth of the system that you see existing. Primarily who I'm talking to in this video is anyone who lives in America. Immediately when we say anyone who lives in America, I think it's good for us to clarify that there are so many different experiences in what it means to be called an American. You can be, fr that, that can include so many different experiences from the difference in experience based on your financial privilege. Um, it's super important to, to especially highlight the difference in experience of skin color. All of these factors, and there are so many of them, that decide what is privileged and what is not. It's good for all of us to realize that in these times we're living in, the only reason I could not validate your feelings and your experience is if I have not validated my own. And I'm married, me personally, I've been married for, uh, I think, I, I almost forgot how long I've been married for, I think four, four years now. Or we've been together for six years. I have no idea. We've been together for what feels like a really long time. <laughs> and so that being said, uh, marriage for me has been such a journey in what it means to validate both feelings. And in the time, uh, in the times that we're living in, one of the greatest conflicts that we see is really, can I validate your feelings without invalidating mine? because so many times it feels like one party has to be validated in their experience and another has to be completely disregarded. That's why marriage, you see so many arguments that my wife and I have had, it's because one of us is having our experience invalidated. But as soon as I take a moment and really feel how I'm feeling, take a moment to really validate that I'm feeling what I'm feeling, that I've experienced what I've experienced, and from that place, I'm able to approach my wife with empathy and mercy because I've been able to validate my own experience. And so moving forward into this video, I wanna talk all about how much consumerism has affected the way that we see the entire world. When we look at the Bible, we see a really interesting picture of the system. And when I say the system, I just don't, I don't just mean a government because I think it's, if we really look at what makes a system run, it's not just messed up people. What makes a system run is a thought process that permeates people. So it's not that there are a bunch of evil people running the planet, although it might feel like that sometimes. It's more so a thought process that permeates every single part of a system. This is what the Bible calls Babylon or Egypt or Rome. We see these different nations or systems in the Bible that are a form of oppression over people. But this is one of the reasons why you can miss the true victory over the system. Because when Jesus comes to the planet, all of Israel sees Jesus as a political savior. That's the image that they see him within the package of. When they see him, there are all of these images that flash in their minds when they think of the word 
Savior. As a bunch of images come to your mind when I say the word Savior, I had to notice the other day, when I say the word Savior, all of us, we don't just see the word Savior typed out in S-A-V-I-O-R. We don't just see that as a word, but we get an image that comes to mind, and that image came from the basis of a memory. So all of us are relating to the world more based on the images we see in our subconscious than we do what we see with our physical eyes. Everything I'm saying to you right now is coming from an image that I perceive the world to be flowing through. And so that's why the system all throughout scripture, there's always an image that it idealizes. There's a symbol of success. There's a symbol of joy. There's an image of what it looks like to be happy. I know you're already thinking of what those are in America right now, that we are shown the amount of thousands of ads, thousands of literal, um, if you look into the psychology behind American marketing, going back to even world, in World War II, that it goes back to Nazi propaganda, that there is almost a hypnosis to you constantly seeing an image of people, usually they look like Swedish models driving in their Buick and they're driving next to this beautiful mountain scenery and they're just laughing and smiling and there's a whole message to that. That if I get the car, if I look that way, this is the image of joy for me. This is the image of success for me. And what happens is when all of our ads, all of the things that we're constant, the images that are constantly played in front of us in not just our music, but on television, this consumeristic, buy more things, give me more, look better, and then I'll be happier, and then I'll be joyful, and then I'll be successful. But that's only because you were shown an image of what it looked like to be successful. When I was in kindergarten, this was so funny. I don't know if you had this uh, in your schooling experience, but I grew up in a school that would record the kindergartners saying what they would want to do when they grew up. And my answer was, when I grow up, I want to be a stuntman. And my mom asked me, why do you want to be a stuntman? And I said, verbatim, because I heard that on TV. So I had... <laughs> literally taken my life's purpose as a five-year-old from what I heard someone else say on television. I wonder how much the symbols of success that we worship, the image, the image of what it looks like to be happy, what does that look like for you? Does it just look like more money? Does it just look like more things? Does it look like being so well respected in our culture and being famous and being rich and being able to sleep with whoever you want to, whatever it looks like for you, even freedom. What does that word freedom mean to you? Think how different an Ethiopian girl who's 17 years old right now. If you're from Ethiopia, 
Think how different a 17-year-old Ethiopian girl, her belief of what or her image of what the word freedom means than an American white person. Even in America, think about what does freedom mean for a 27-year-old white man and a 27-year-old black man. There are so many different factors that go into that that make it different, but that being said, we all have images. It's not just a concept that we're relating to the world based on. Even the word joy, joy is not just J-O-Y. It's not just a word, it's an image. So when you think of joy, there's something that comes to your mind that you are viewing joy through. And so it's important for us to take a step back sometimes and really ask ourselves, is my image coming from the culture? Did the system decide what I think it should mean to be happy? Do I even know what freedom is if I've spent my whole life seeing it in an image that was given to me by a consumeristic society? What if freedom was something different? What if joy was something different? What if joy was something I didn't even have the imagination to see? What if normalcy, do we really even know what that is? Normal human thinking? Do we really know what it means to live if our whole lives we've spent our time worshiping an image that isn't even real? So all through scripture, there's a truth that exists in the world that is bigger and beyond the system. But in order to access that truth and real genuine freedom, you need a new image. You can't just continue. We literally have to have our imaginations get bigger. That's what the Bible means by revelation a whole new possibility. All I'm doing today is really just giving you a new possibility. Maybe there's a whole nother way to do this life. Maybe being joyful looks so much different than what has been portrayed to us. Maybe being successful looks so much different than what has been portrayed to us. Because all I'm saying specifically to the Americans, because honestly that's primarily where my experiences come from, even though our experience may be so different based on me being who I am and you being who you are. Just because we're American doesn't mean that we share the same experience, but we have had many of the same images presented to us in what it means to be human. What does it mean to be human? When you see that image in your mind, what does it look like to be happy? And what does it look like to be successful? Take a step back and really analyze it because what I would say is that in order to be freed, to be truly free, we can no longer take the definition and the image presented from the Egypt and the Babylon. We see a story in the Bible where the Israelites, the people of God, the people that God is using to express himself in the world. There's a moment where he wants to introduce himself to them fully, but instead of them worshiping him, what they do is they worship 
they make a golden calf, a golden cow, and they worship the golden cow. You might be like, what? What are they doing? What they're doing is they are going back to the image of what they had seen in the system. They were worshiping the image that the system of Egypt gave them. So when they thought of God, they thought of this golden calf. And because it's based on what I've seen, it's much more understandable if I've seen this with my own two eyes. But what God is constantly telling us in the Bible is that in order to really live into his freedom, you have to let go of that image that you've held to. You have to let go of that image that you thought was joy and you thought was success. And when that happens, that's what the Bible calls repentance. Literally, a change of mind. Sometimes I think it's easy for us as humans to think that if I change things on the outside, then things will change on the inside. But God will always start on the inside and end on the outside. He starts where we finish and he finishes where we start. So as we move forward into our lives, this is the whole point of this video, you guys. The whole point of everything I'm saying right now is we have to let go of these images that we've bowed to. That's what it means to worship. We worship an image. We think in a really heady society that it's all about your logical conclusions to things. That conclusion came because of the image that you hold. That's the whole reason we say the things that we say and do the things that we do because we believe in an image. So what the Bible presents to us is a new image, a new way to look at the world where joy means so much more than this consumeristic Swedish models in a Buick next to the Grand Canyon. That doesn't have to be what joy is. Now this joy can actually it's expressed through the same way you would make art, the same way that you would create a painting or you would create a film or you would build something with creativity. You allow an image to get bigger. And this is why I think so much of religion can miss this because religion makes this book all about words, but this book was written because it was given from an image. This is an opportunity to see the world from a new image, to see yourself in a new image, to see success in a new image that totally transcends the system's image. So the question is, how do we change our imaginations? Because if you think about it, when I really focus and just try to imagine more, it feels a lot like how an artist would when you start to paint a picture, it feels a lot like how a writer would when you start to write a novel. It's taking the images in your mind and allowing it to grow. And there's something that makes it grow. I've found that my imagination gets bigger the second I just really relax, I breathe, and I just engage with the moment. Just be open. Because what happens when you open yourself to that one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Even that word goodness, what's the image that you think of there? 
What do you see when you think of the word goodness? There's a goodness that leads us to change our mind. And so really that takes all pressure off of you. It takes all pressure off of me. And what it allows us to do is just be open. You don't have to force it. You don't have to make your imagination bigger, but there is a joy that is so much bigger than what you and I can currently even imagine. And if we can't even imagine it yet, think how big the possibility for goodness and joy and peace there is in our lives. So what we have to do is let go of that image and just be open to a bigger one. Thank you so much for watching today. I hope you enjoyed this. And again, let go of the image so that you can get a bigger one. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. If you'd like to connect with us further, go to our website so we can help you connect with one of our hosts. We understand that there are some that want to support what we're doing financially, so we want to give you the space to do so. Feel free to text LWSP and your amount to 28950, or you can visit lwcc.org give. We want you to know if you feel obligated to give at this moment, please don't give. To those who are giving today, though, we want to give you a big thank you and thank you for your financial support as we continue to support our community and share this message. Lastly, as always, stay connected with us throughout the week by following our Instagram or visiting our website, lwcc.org slash St. Paul. And we'll see you guys next week.